Welcome to Brand Designs, the podcast where we follow the stories from brand owners, founders and senior leaders in retail and e-commerce as they share their incredible journeys as entrepreneurs, innovators and troubleshooters. We hope you enjoy the show. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Brand Designs where we're here today with Patrick Dudley-Williams and Nathan Lomax uh, from uh, Reefnots and Quickfire Digital to talk a little bit more around about the world of uh, owning your own brand and that kind of stuff. So, Patrick, good morning. How are you? I'm really well. Um, very nice to see you guys um, again. And, uh, yeah, look forward to it. Fantastic. It's, um, it's good to see you. So, I suppose the bit we always start off with is really simple. Tell us a little bit about Reef Knots and tell us a little bit about um, where you are in your kind of journey today. Um, Okay, the big questions first. I mean, I could go on for an hour, hours about that, but um, let's go. So um, Reef Knots is a menswear brand. Um, we're a company that started out selling printed silk ties in um, online and then and then through, through our store. Uh, the business was started in 2013 and has grown pretty much organically since that stage. Uh, the I started the business, I had previously um, worked in the city and I was uh, made redundant. I had a very bad day at the end of November 2012 and I was made redundant and it just happened to be two days before my wife gave birth to twins and I had just bought a house, sort of stretched myself, and I just found myself in that position of going, oh, right, um, this, is, uh, this has all got a bit serious. And I then, to make things worse, made the decision that I wasn't going to go back into finance and that I was going to start a business selling probably the world's most unpopular item of clothing. Um, my wife looked at me quite strangely, um, but she um, uh, she sort of knew that <laughs> this decision had been made in my head and I was going to go and do this. And, um, and, and I just started rolling. I had, I had boxes of ties in my shed in the garden. I set up a, a, a Shopify website and and we started rolling and we have now grown to today where I'm sitting in our, you know, we've got a warehouse, we do our own fulfillment here um, down in Wimbledon, uh, just outside Wimbledon in Rains Park. Uh, we've got a store in the city of London. Um, we've got a store in Port Isaac in Cornwall, We're looking to open more stores down there um, in, in the future. And, but the majority of our business remains online. And um, as we've, you know, from, from the beginning of our business, we've always been very focused on sustainability. So we've been partnered with a marine charity called the Blue Marine Foundation since 2014, um, back when absolutely nobody cared about what was going on in the ocean. Um, they were a tiny outfit. And this was well before, you know, three or four years before, David Attenborough had um, shown us a way of eating a bucket. And we, you know, we, we saw some of the problems in the ocean. And we thought, well, that's, you know, our brand is inspired by the summertime in the ocean. 
and sustainability and, and we sort of focused on on that as an area and since then you know we now don't develop any products that aren't made from sustainable fabrics um and you know we're, we're now looking to um apply for b corp status and, and and all of those things that go with it so it's a it's been a long long journey um we've got a long long way to go but you know we sit here today having been through a lot and a pandemic and and we're still and we're still here and we're still fighting we're still getting bigger and Patrick, still... it's a remarkable story and one of the biggest attitudes I've seen in that story is self-belief. And that's something that's so important for owner founders. You've just had two twins. You've just been made redundant. You've just moved house, yet you've still got the self-belief to say, you know what? I'm not going to take the easy route. I'm going to do what I fundamentally believe is the right thing to do. And I have a passion about, and I'm going to convince those around me that this is the right decision. What other personality traits do you think you've got that separate you from others that allowed you to grow the business to the, to the place it is today? Um, yeah, I think it's, I, first of all, I'd, I'd agree with your points. The, the, the number one thing that I feel that I'm doing on a daily basis is treading that line between blind faith that everything's going to happen as we want it to and false hope where you suddenly dip into that point where you're just the idiot that's just doing something reckless. And it's a very difficult line mentally in your head to tread because there are you know you see lots of people that do stupid things in their life and waste all their money and 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 lose it all and and you just think oh i really hope i'm not one of those people so there is a certain amount of self-doubt that goes with it um it's it you know it's i i suppose i'm one of those people that didn't really know what i was good at until much later in life i had been uh i was lucky enough to to to, to be sent and have a very good education, but I never really excelled at it. I thought slightly differently to other people. And uh, the traditional way of measuring ed education didn't really suit me. So I was blessed with a great education, but didn't come out with particularly great results. I then managed to talk my way into an investment, into one of the largest investment banks in the world, where I hung on for dear life for um, about 13 years, um, while really smart people around me made me feel even more stupid. Um, but I also realized that it wasn't a sustainable path. I, and, and it's probably one of the reasons why I decided not to go back in, because I was deep down worried that there was going to be this amazing moment where everyone found out and they went, oh, now I get it, he's an idiot. Um, so I, um, so, so in many ways, I, I sort of felt that I was forced down this route, but I've been talking about starting a business and I come from a family, family of entrepreneurs and the fact that no one in my family works for anyone else. And I had been one of these annoying people that talked about it and never did it. And one day, one of my mates said, look, you've either got to shut up about it or you've actually got to go and do it. And I just felt, well, this was my time. Um, but then I did find out what I was good at, which was... A, I thought about things slightly differently to people, but also I could become proficient enough at the numbers side, at the design side, at lots of different aspects, which allowed me to get to a certain point that I, that when I look back at other people I know who are really smart, I actually don't think that they could necessarily have done that. So it's a, you know, it's a, it, it, it is a skill set. I don't know. 
I, I don't know how you define it, um, but that's pretty much how I would put it. I think it sums up entrepreneurial. It, it, it sums up that entrepreneurial spirit because most, a lot of entrepreneurs you see or you talk to, they haven't. They've gone down not a, a dissimilar path. They've either gone into education and not found it really fits for them because they, it, you don't fit a mould, do you? It's, it's not something mm. you go, well, actually, I'm going to do this or I fit this space. Most entrepreneurs' mm. brains are sometimes a blend of that right and left brain bit. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's definitely the case. That allows you to kind of fit with that, um, the, the kind of creative and the numbers piece. It's trying to blending those two things together, which when you're doing product is incredibly important because you, you need yeah, that creative I, flair, don't you? I, th I think for me as well, it was, it, I was, I, I didn't have a business partner, so I sort of had to do a lot of these things. I think a lot of time people go into businesses, they have, there are two of them. Um, I didn't have that. I mean, I suppose now that's a great thing because, you know, I own the business. Um, you know, I, I'm nervous about, you know, you lose half your business day one. When you've when, when when you start it with someone else, so um, but it also meant that I lived a lot of it on my own, and I had to, you know. And, and when you start these businesses, you spend years doing this on your yeah. own, and 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 it's very easy to look at it now with 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 people around and stuff. But you know, I was in the middle of the night putting ties in boxes and sending them to people with three children and a mortgage and all of these things, and it was. It was insane looking back on it now, and you know, and I'd given up a good career. Um, you know, investment banking is something that people strive to get to, and I had given it all up to to do this. So it was, um, it was, it, it was sort of a slightly extraordinary thing, but it was, it was absolutely hardwired into me that this is what I had to do, and it still is. Patrick, I'm interested. Most people are driven by fear of loss or fear of failure. And actually, it seems like you might be driven by something else. What is it that really drives you and gets you up in the morning and makes you want to come to work and, and grow the business? Um, my wife describes me as just insanely optimistic. So I, I, I have absolute confidence that we will grow this into a, into a huge business and it'll be very successful. And, and that's my sort of dream about it. I want, I want this thing to, to grow into something amazing i want people to look back and go wow that is that guy just built something incredible and that and and i and and not because i do this for the for the, for you know for sort of acceptance from other people but i i just i just love it i just i it's, it's just what i want to do i just want to build yeah i i i just want to build a great big clothing brand and and for people to enjoy it and for people to like it and it for, and 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 I, uh, you know, it would be nice if, if, if financially it helped me out down the line, but at the moment we just, you know, we just roll everything back up and we, and we just keep trying to get bigger. And I don't spend a lot of time thinking about why we do it or why I want to do it because we're now at a stage where, you know, it's a thing and it's getting bigger and we're just, and we're going through the processes, but it's, um, I think you just, I don't think you need a reason. Sometimes you just you you, you just you just know you're not you, you're a round peg in a round hole. And before, I spent so long as a square peg that um that, that it just feels right. 
There are times where, you know, it must be lonely. We talk about loneliness a lot here as single owner founders, not ourselves, because I'm very lucky. And, and Nathan, we both have two um, co-founders um, around us. But do you find it lonely? Um, there are times when I've really struggled with it. Um, the When it was smaller and when, you know, it, it's a... I suppose businesses like this, in, in the stages we're going through, they sort of double in size every year, let's say. So it's a bit like um, who wants to be a millionaire in the fact that suddenly the numbers start getting bigger quicker. And as, a, and as, as the one person in charge, you are, um, you're left with the dealing with those numbers. And you also are left with, if things go wrong, dealing with those debts, you won't find finance, you know, unless you go and sell equity and, and, and stuff like that. Um, you won't get debt without having to put a personal guarantee on it. So that leaves you quite exposed. And it's probably the main reason why we went and raised money last year in the crowdfunding, because it got to a point where I was just going, I, it's actually uncomfortable doing it um but look there are times when you know it's not a straight line by any stretch of the imagination and there are times when i have sat there thinking is this just a purely selfish exercise on my point and if it all goes wrong it's going to um you know i'm what am i going to be leaving what am i going to be creating here other than just a huge mess um, and, 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 and you do struggle with that. And, you know, when you sit there with kids and you sit there and you're playing with the kids on a Sunday, you're just like, am I doing the right thing for them? Yeah. Am I, you know, and, 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 you know, I think if you're, you know, if you're starting a business like this, um, you know, it, it's useful to have a partner because I think you do spur each other on. And if you're not insanely optimistic like me, then, you know, you will get, down about it sometimes because if it was that easy everyone would do it and let me tell you there are a lot of people trying it now and only some of them will make it and it will be the people that you know really want it so um look i i i i, I it, yeah you can't dress it up it is it is tough there are there are really dark moments where you know nights that you haven't slept going i don't know how we're going to get through this next month um, but you always do. You always Patrick, find I'm keen a way. And to build this... on that topic. Sorry, I'm keen to build on that topic of insane optimism because many entrepreneur owner founders that we meet all share that similar trait that they've got uh, more optimistic than pessimistic. However, what mm. comes with that is a real struggle for contentment because you have massive highs and it becomes addictive and you feed off the highs. But you also, mm. because of your optimism, have extraordinary lows, which make you incredibly unhappy and give incredible difficult times. How do you as an owner founder try and find that balance where you stop having the massive highs and the massive lows and you get that level of contentment where you can just be happy with your lot? Um for me, I have got used to the fact that I will never be content with it. So I know that that's a constant. So if I was Ralph Lauren and I was asking Jeff Bezos to move his yacht over a bit, I would just be, I would still be frustrated by it all. And 
I think that once you understand that, that you can live with it and go, okay, well, you know, I'm never going to be happy. I'm just that type of guy. Um, if you are going to be happy all the time, you're never going to get there. So it's kind of, you sort of balance it and go, well, I can't get that unless I have that. And, you know, it, it's like, it's weird. The world has this, this amazing way of giving with one hand and taking with the other. And it, they're a bit like economies. They, they've got a very good way if they're inefficient of writing themselves. And it's the same, it's the same in something like this. I think it's the same in your brain. You just, you can't go and drive a big business if you are worried about, uh, yeah, if you're going to sit there and go, God, haven't we done well? It's great, isn't it? Because <laughs> it doesn't work like that. <laughs> the constant drive for the next flag, the next goal, the next thing is, is it? Because yeah. I know from, from your side, when I first met you, it was literally ties and a few other kind of belts and a few bits and pieces. And now the range, yeah. the product mix continues to grow, continues to develop into, you know, polar shirts, yeah. now glasses, hats, caps, mm. you know, the, the whole kind of mix. Is is that part of how you satisfy that 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 next step rather than, oh, I'm going to go and start? Because we've talked to owner founders that go, oh, I'm quite happy with this one and this one's doing rather well. I'm going to go and build another business on the side and they've got like four or five bubbling around. Is it is well, it I, product for you and stores or what, what kind of... Uh, I don't. Goal. I, 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 I don't think I could mentally have space for another business. I mean, we have other sort of creative angles and stuff, which, which, um, we, you know, we we have our own podcast, which 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 we've started, and that's sort of a, um, a just a sort of fun thing that we do. But that's more of a that's more of a a, a, a branding exercise and people getting to know what we what what we do, but. Um, yeah, we're always going to grow the product range because we want to be a full menswear brand, and and you know we're and now we're yeah, I'd say we're probably there, and we're 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 now um, you know just at, you know adding things, and and every season we're going to add more, and and look, we want to grow. Yeah, I I would say, what's the point in starting another business when this business has got so far to go, and we know. That it's good. So why don't we just put all our focus in this and um, and, and get it going? So uh, yeah, I mean, there's I, I I'm not running out of things to do. That's for sure. <laughs> so we've there, there, there's always going to be new products. You know, we've got you know the the idea of doing, we we get huge demand from people for women's wear, which we haven't done yet, um, but we will do it at some stage. I'm a huge believer in physical retail. And we will open. Um, we will open more stores. Um, um, we'll probably I, whether or not London's the place that we're going to do that. I, I, I think. I think we'll probably do a lot more stuff in the West Country. Um, and look, there, I always think that there should be something exciting on the horizon when you run a business like this. Whether it's uh, opening a new store or new products or you know newness i think is the only thing that beats discounting so i for me that's that there should always be something new to keep customers excited but there should also always be stuff to keep us and our staff excited patrick you mentioned earlier about brands with purpose and your focus on blue marine and actually you were early to mm -hmm. this model however there's a real buzz in the industry at the moment about everyone doing something with purpose do you get frustrated by that that actually the authenticity of doing it for all the right reasons is gone and actually many people seem to be doing it now 
because they have to rather than because they genuinely want to make a difference to the world? I think um, as, a, as a person that really believes in sustainability, I 100% think it's good that people are getting involved with it. I, I, I would be a complete hypocrite if I didn't say that. Uh, I think that there are a lot of brands that go, oh, we think that you care, so now we care. But for years, we didn't care. And I think that's personally just a really bad look. I mean, I, I see examples of greenwashing amongst competitors that are shameful. And, you know, if they weren't bigger than me with, you know, access to lawyers, I would, um, I would seriously call them out on it because some of the, you know, oh, guess what? Oh, you know, aren't we doing so well because our, because our packaging that we send you this stuff in is recyclable and that's it. And they have a page on their website about sustainability. And you're like, yeah, but you know, what about the products guys? <laughs> what about the footprint? What about all of these things that we spend ages doing you know we don't let one piece of plastic go out of this building that isn't recycled we don't make any new products that don't that aren't made from sustainable fabric you know there are you know base levels that we just won't go past and it does irritate me that pe that, that that brands just like oh well you know we think you might care and, it, and it's sort of why we don't get involved in a lot of these something this is this month we care about this this month we care about that this month we care i think we just go look we just we've cared a lot since we started and you know we've we've put our money where our mouth is and you know um you know one of the greatest moments for us was when david we spotted david attenborough wearing one of our ties and you're like wow you don't get much um you don't get much bigger endorsement um that you're doing things right than than when that complete hero ends up at wimbledon with your tie on i was just like wow that's amazing <laughs> and the story fits as well it's not just that he's wearing one of your branded ties but it's it's a tie i believe it was the tie that is actually linked to the ocean the marine foundation as well yeah 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 so, it so, of, so you know we, it was all yeah tied together um one thing I just want to kind of pick up on a little bit is, is something which um, you're, you're quite passionate about also helping other brands in the fashion industry, not necessarily scale, but have some kind of solidity. Because when, when we, we first met, you were part of the rise um, element of uh, the Fashion and Textile Association, weren't you? Is that, is that something you're yeah. still involved with and kind of still very passionate about? Yeah, so um, I'm on the board of the UK, UKFT, the UK Fashion Textile Association. Um, and my role is to help startups um, within the industry. Um, look, as a as a solo founder, I I've lived this story, and 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 it's very difficult. And I think, and you know, and there are a lot of people um, who you know don't come from you know the background that I did that are trying to do these things. And there's absolutely no reason why they can't go and achieve them. Um, I think it's really important that we help develop the new brands of tomorrow and it's 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 such a hard thing to do that to for me to sit there with knowledge and not try and help people with it 
would just for me to seem criminal. There are some people that are really um, uh, they they want to keep hold of all the information they've got. They don't want to share it with anyone. Like you know, and these are small businesses. You're like guys, the men's market is enormous, and we're not even a pimple on it. So let's not worry about helping each other. You know, if more brands sat around the table together and helped each other, it would be so beneficial to them all. And you may get to a position where the high street wasn't full of stale old brands um, with uninspiring retail. And you know, I don't think there's any problem with the high street. I just think there's, I just think the high street hasn't got any interesting brands in it because they're all online Could because be they've been shut out of it. I love helping smaller brands. They reach out, people reach out to me all the time, and I always try and I always try and help them because it's tough and. It's, it's not going to hurt us. It's not going to hurt us at all. Patrick, in terms of people say success changes people, I'm keen to understand from your side, A, that success is subjective. So whether you class yourself as successful or not, um, I'd mm -hmm. love to hear like what your barometer mm -hmm. is for success. But also those around you and in your inner circle, have they changed as you've become more successful? Have you found there to be a difficult process where actually a lot of successful people find those around them suddenly treat them differently or behave differently and actually you long for uh, the friends of old that would just treat you for who you are and, and who you used to be rather than this person you've become uh no i don't think i i i i hope i haven't changed i hope i'm a i i sort of pride myself on being a, a relatively grounded person um so i i i I would like to think that I that I haven't changed at all. I think having three young children and you know I don't get out much, so I don't get to experience. Yeah, I I, I see someone on the tube wearing, you know, a Reef Knots clothing, and I'm like, There's someone over there, guys. <laughs> and 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 it's a sort of um, so I hope so. And no, no, I think you know, you know, we we you know we employ you know a young team, um, and and which you know which enthusiastic group and I think that everyone uh, yeah I uh, I don't my, my barometer certainly doesn't put me on the level of um, I, I don't think of it as a huge success I, as I said before I'm, I'm, I'm never going to be content with it so we're just I'm just the one guy that ultimately sits in the office and has to make the end decision so ultimately I'd say I've got the worst job out of all of them <laughs> how difficult have you found it to find people to come into the business that share that passion that you have that constant drive for continuation um, not necessarily perfection but continuation uh it is difficult and i uh, i suppose going back to my previous conversation about about education i generally don't look at people's cvs i look at people's attitude because i think that's what's going to drive us I, I i you know we don't do brain surgery here so we just need people that will own their roles and will do as well as they can, report it back to me, and, we'll, uh, and we, you know, we have a weekly meeting, we'll, we'll work out where we go with it, and then they'll go and do it. I think it's, um, I hope that, you know, we can inspire the people within our organization to, to, to uh, and give them the freedom to, to, to be great at their jobs. And I, I like giving young people that I think have a great attitude, the opportunity to go and be really good at something. And I'm always going to give them way more um, opportunity here than they would at, at, you know, starting at the bottom of a bigger organization. 
Um, but I like to think that we operate a pure meritocracy in the fact that if you if you do well and you make yourself invaluable to this business, then yeah, we've got no choice but to to look after you. And 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 I think that helps develop a you know a good team around us. But it keeps us yeah, it, it, you know. We don't want Reef Knots to be a club that people don't feel invited to. So I don't think we would tolerate any of that, um, any, any, oh, look, how great are we? Because that's not what we're about and that's not what I'm about and that's not what, and therefore that's not within our brand values. Yeah. Patrick, you touched earlier upon uh, you've got an entrepreneurial family. Have you had yeah. any mentors dur during your time being a, a solopreneur? Has there been anyone that's been there to help you <laughs> along the way or be an advisor or a guiding board to say, yeah, I need to bounce an idea off you, or can you please help me with this? Yeah, so I have I have someone who is a who's a permanent fixture, um, and he is a guy called John Hind, and he was he's been chief executive of a of, of a number of um, fashion businesses that have that have scaled, um, and he's an investor in the business, but um, but more importantly, his his role is to help me. And I think that, again, it goes back to that, oh, this is getting quite scary. What if things go wrong? I felt it invaluable as we've got bigger and the numbers have got bigger to have someone that goes, no, don't worry, this is all right. This is what, sh this is what I would expect to be happening at this stage. So for me, I found that really calming. And, you know, I speak to John um, on, a, on, on a weekly basis. He joins our weekly calls. Um, and and he's just a guiding hand for 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 us, and I and I it, absolutely invaluable to me now. You know, we've just been through a pandemic. You know, we were sitting here in March last year, and we we did a crowdfunding in April last year, and we had been planning that for six months, and it was live and COVID hit um, at the end of March, and it was. You know, with invested money in 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 the in that process, and it was extremely stressful. And to have someone that said, "Oh, okay, well, maybe we should close the round early, create some urgency, confidence. Let's, you know, we're a good, great business. We're going to do this." Um, I think for me, I might have lost my bottle during that moment because it was such an extraordinary situation. Our shops have been shut. Uh, you know, at that stage, dig even digital retail had dropped massively. And it was, you know, it, you, you do need some of those people that can, that can give you a bit of a push sometimes. And, um, but also, also calm you down a bit and go, yeah, this is fine. Don't worry. Don't worry if the number's not great this month. Um, uh, and it forces me to have a discipline of going through all the numbers and making sure everything's right, keeping on top of every cost, you know. We're a very lean business in terms of in terms of costs, so um, uh, that helps that continue. Because ultimately, we're trying to grow profitably, and a lot of businesses in our in our sector don't, and it's much more difficult to do to do it profitably um, at this stage. So we have to be very very disciplined, and that helps me. There are those brands that often just talk about the the, the investment side for a couple of seconds, because I'm really fascinated by that. Um, we're trying to grow as a profitable business because actually in the recent mm. five, ten years, lots of brands have almost done the opposite. They're not actually looking to make a profit, they're just looking to become the next unicorn. 
and whether that's a yeah. tech unicorn or a retail unicorn, it doesn't really matter. But you know, what, what's your mm. kind of thought on that balance between you know that investment journey and that constant chase for the next round? Um, I don't really buy into it. Look, we we went down the crowdfunding route because I again it fitted with us in the fact that we went loads of our customers love us. We get asked about can I invest? I got an email this morning from someone from a customer that says, "Can I invest in your business?" And, um, you know, and I love that. And I just thought, well, then, you know, when we're going to raise money, then those are the people that we're going to do it with. Um, we, you know, we don't have um, any big, um, any big investors um, in, in, in that process at all. We, you know, we don't have a next round penciled in. Um, we are, you know, we are looking to double the business this year and do it profitably. And we will continue to do that. Um, because I think it's a we keep hold of a lot of that. You know, we ha I have such yeah a huge ambition for this business that I this is when you give away big chunks of equity, and I don't want to be doing that. I look at businesses that are probably similar size to us, and I look at their founders, and they're in twenty percent, and I go, well, that's not going to get you that far. So I I I think that there's a a value to holding on to it. There's a discipline that comes with it. Um, I think a lot of people walk around having raised money, like they've done something and they haven't done anything. They haven't grown a business. And that's a very different skill set. I know loads of people that work in investment banking that could raise you a lot and lot of money. Um, but ultimately, I become an employee of someone again because I'm very responsible to them. Um, but also, uh, again, it, it, there comes added pressure with that. I'd rather build a business profitably. Um, it might be a bit slower, but ultimately, yeah, I've seen people that don't grow as fast as us that have raised money. So uh, lots of people just think you have to do that. And I say you don't have to do it. Um, I think it's something that entrepreneurs don't quite understand that bit about employee. Because even though you are an equity shareholder in your business, you may own a minority share after you get the investment. You're absolutely right. Yeah. You're now beholden to those shareholders to a degree where they can legally push you out they can replace yeah. you effectively so you you are you do become an employee so if you're a true entrepreneur and you you want to drive your own business and cut your own path that square hole mm. and a square peg kind of mentality then that is a real dilemma isn't it in terms of do i get investment to grow or what, what does that do to my kind of structure that i could effectively just become an employee and am i happy with that I can't see a scenario where I would drop below 50% of this business before we were floating or, 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 or exiting, something like that. I can't see that happen. There may come a point where we bring on a partner who wants to help us scale, and there are you know, great you know, funds and stuff that might want to do that, um, and we would have that conversation. But you know, Reef Knots is embedded in is so hardwired into me and and so and and i'm hardwired into it that i i can't really see a scenario where i would end up a minority shareholder in this because yeah you were an employee of someone you might not like to admit it but you yeah, are absolutely patrick how do you stay on top of learning and progressing and uh, adapting when you're so busy and so ingrained in the business day to day do you still have time to read books and challenge thoughts and push yourself forward obviously john can be a massive helping hand in that 
But have you mm. got other ways in which you learn? Do you listen to many podcasts or anything like that? Um, I do listen to podcasts and um, and I and I, I read books. I, I, I like business biographies um, and uh, but I I suppose you learn so much on the job and I and I and I suppose you know my my background in the city I was in um, equity research or you can tell I was in the American bank so I didn't say research and um, uh, it's um, and so I learned the ability to really dig down into in, into topics that I needed to know about. So I spend a lot, I, you know, I do allocate time in my week just to learning about things. So I'll spend a couple of hours, it's just go, right, I'm just gonna allow myself this time to, you know, I wanna learn about what Apple are doing in terms of, you know, changing the way that Facebook operates. And I think it's better that it, if I understand that as a concept and what people are doing to change it, so that when I'm speaking to our digital marketers, I understand, I understand the impacts of that. So I, you know, I, I, I helpfully, I don't, um, I'm not interested in fiction or, or, or watching films. I don't uh, make believe I, I find a bit, um, I, I don't really feel I've got time for it. So I like to dedicate my things to stuff that's actually happened. So I, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, I love, biographies, I love documentaries, I love those sort of things. And I love learning about people that have done amazing things. So I take my inspiration from those, you know, people like Phil Knight, you know, Shoe Dog, which is so, such a great book. And so interesting to see someone that now operates on such a big scale and that business that operates on a big scale, but, but hearing things that are the, the same as what we're experiencing now and that that mighty oak grow from a tiny acorn and and um and it inspires you yeah someone's gonna go and do it. it can be us yeah why make it believe uh, you know why yeah. do you make believe when you can actually make it reality yeah. i just said i didn't believe in make believe and now i'm saying that i'm gonna grow one of the biggest businesses in the world so we'll, fi <laughs> we'll find out whether or not that's true or whether i'm just a narcissistic fantasist I think it's your direction of it will be true, isn't it? It's that, well, okay, how do okay. we make it true, isn't it? I suppose yeah. that's kind of where no one will, No one will come back and watch this in 20 years, so it won't matter. Thanks, We're getting you back on in 20 years <laughs> yeah. to, to say, yeah, just oh, yeah. how far has it come? Brand design. Yeah, I'll be in Monaco, mate. You'll, yeah, I'll be in Monaco. <laughs> yeah. We'll spend Straight the first the 45 off. minutes replaying this entire episode and just having done it at the end that goes, yeah. here we are. Yeah. It's just me with a big cigar. Turns out I was right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so I suppose the last thing for today, because we're coming to the end of the session, there's one question we'd like to ask um, all our kind of our own founders, and it's, is there one person that fits the persona of your brand entirely that you could go out and go, just cherry pick immediately and go, right, you are the face of our brand tomorrow. Is there one person in the world that you go, you are Reef Nuts? Um, it's, it's, it's really difficult um to answer that question um we take you know when i first started the business i took a lot of inspiration from brands in america um who i felt were um bet just doing a better job at branding especially formal wear at that stage um because i didn't feel that formal wear had to be stuffy and and it's never been part of our culture in fact for the first three or four years of our business i there was never a photograph of a human wearing a tie on our website 
because it was too formal, even though that was our core product. So that was, yeah, how much of a slave to the brand we are. Um, I think uh, if I had to think of a person, I would say that someone like Matthew McConaughey back in the day would probably be that sort of beach going, relaxed, nice guy, but smart, you know, but he was in films like, um, what was that woman? He was a lawyer, can't remember. Um, Time to Kill. Uh, that, you know, he, he would be a pretty good fit for us from a sort of look and style point of view. Um, I'd say someone nowadays, probably someone like Ron Reynolds, who has that sort you know, that fun aspect, which is very deep within our business, but also, you know, um, or, or also works hard and plays hard. I think that's, that, that's probably something that we consider to be our brand values. Um, and I'd, I'd, I wish there was a, a British person that I could say, maybe you can think of one, but, um, I, I, that, 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 that's what I, yeah, I'm very visual and I did, that was that from a look and feel that's probably kind of our dream, would be our dream people. None of which I can afford until I've got that cigar in Monaco. <laughs> How about the guy that uh, currently plays Spider-Man, Mr. Holland, would he be a good fit? He's, he can't, he can't keep control of his mouth, can he? <laughs> I don't know who that is. Okay. So, um, he's, <laughs> I, to be honest, I never really I don't do make well. You're talking to three people that don't really watch films, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, How do we get on that topic? Oh, I don't know. Probably who's the best bloke in the, you know, we, maybe we've got a man crush on yeah. someone, who knows? Yeah. Um, okay. Is there anything else, I think, today that we want to talk about? I think the only last thing I have is um, your passion for product and from mm. an entrepreneur's perspective, it's everything we've talked about today exudes that sense of direction, that sense of quality, getting that. It, is, it a, is it a drive for perfection in terms of finding that last little bit or, or, or is perfection just not really needed? I once met a guy who's like a sort of life, I don't know if he's a life coach, but he, he trains people who are business people to be very successful and I can't I couldn't afford him um, but he gave me one free session and I tried to get as much out of it as possible and he um, he was very quick to determine that I was a perfectionist and he'd seen the products that we'd made and he and he was like you know this is really impressive what you what you've done here um, but then by after speaking to me an hour he was he, he, he very quickly picked up that I needed to try and achieve perfection in everything and I still live by his mantra which is you've got to let that go you know you you your standards are way higher than everyone else's so if you're trying to get that final 10% of perfection or 20% of perfection no one else is going to notice it but it will hold you back in getting better so um, we took two years to make a polo shirt because I recut them. I don't know. I don't even know how many times I've just got boxes over there of polo shirts from, from, from remaking them over two years. But I, I wanted to get it right because I, you know, I think it's a product where when you, when you get one and it's perfect, you'll go back to it season after season after season. So in many ways, sometimes there is that level of perfection, which I keep, but a lot of the time I've got to let it go. And I suppose it's also when you're dealing with other people and other people are doing roles for you, you've got to appreciate that they won't do it 
to the way that you would do it because they're not you. They have their own way and that's fine. Um, and if it's good, if, if, if you look at it and go, yeah, that's, that's pretty much there, then as far as everyone else is concerned, it's there. So yeah, that's, 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 there is, there is that level of perfection, but I try not to be a slave to it. I think there's a lot of, lot of owner founders that should listen and can relate to that and should relate to that because it's a problem that, that many face is that constant seek for perfection and always thinking that everyone will do it how you do it. Um, yes, JD. Mm. And yeah, and yet no, no, not always the case, but what a lovely way to finish. Patrick, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on this morning. Thank you so fun. much for joining Thank us. You. And I can't wait to join you with that cigar out in Monaco as we're celebrating 25 years since this <laughs> podcast and how Reef Knots is now a global sensation. Yeah, um, but until yeah. then, please do keep in touch. For those that are interested or would like to know more, simply visit the Reef Knots website. That's reef, R-E-E-F, knots, K-N-O-T-S, dot com. And you'll find some fantastic quality menswear on there. Check them out. Look at their ocean protection policy and follow these guys. They're certainly going places. But for us for now, James, is always a pleasure. Patrick, thank you so much for joining us. And we look forward to pleasure. seeing you on the next episode. Thanks again. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Brand Designs. Make sure you follow us on social at the Armoury Agency to be notified as we release each new episode. And if you're a brand owner or know someone who'd love to be part of our next series, drop us an email to social at the See you next time.